Hello everybody, this is the Just Saying Podcast. I'm Sam Truman. And I'm Jack Grant. On this podcast, we'll be talking about a variety of topics and around sports or popular events. We are actually doing this uh, this podcast, the website, and corresponding social media accounts as a capstone thesis. Uh, we're both seniors at Arizona State University. Uh, if you would like, you can follow us at www.justsayingpodcast.com as well as uh, our Twitter, at P. That's just the letter P at the end. Um, and yeah, stay tuned for more content. Thanks for listening. Welcome everyone. This is the Just Saying Podcast. And today we are going to be doing a recap of uh, week one of the 2021 NFL season, along with some early apologies that both Sam and I owe to various players and teams around the, uh, the league, as well as some standard week one overreactions. Episode one, here we go. Round of applause, man. We're back, baby. We are back. America is back. The COVID-19 pandemic is officially over with the first week of meaningful football (laughs) in the NFL in quite some time. And and I guess college football is back too. But it's NFL. That's what it's about. It was, I mean, great opening week. Great opening week. We noticed a lot of things that obviously we're going to touch on um, pretty soon, but I think just let's just talk about how great it was to see fans back in the stands. It's oh, it's unreal, uncomparable. It's unreal, and I know both of us. We we both actually are going to get into it, but we're both going to go see some games this upcoming weekend uh, in person. Uh, I believe this will be our first, you know, real meaningful game in person in quite some time, and uh, we'll we'll touch on that in a little bit. But let, let's talk about something else. Something that is quite ridiculous, and I know people are, are talking about it on social media and stuff, but what's up with these jersey numbers, or these single-digit jersey numbers in the NFL? You see, I think it works for some people, like DBs, wide receivers, etc., but I think when it becomes really weird is when you see the big players that you expect to have big numbers on. You see a big dude like, for example, Matthew Judon, or like Patrick Queen going from six or 48 to 6. It just, it just doesn't look natural. But I also feel, at the same time, one of the best things about college football, and I, and I largely prefer NFL, but the only thing that's, that's amazing about college football that the NFL doesn't have is kickers wearing number 99. That is <laughs> undoubtedly the coolest thing. You can't tell me otherwise. Uh, that Penn State ginormous just, kicker just about to say. who would haul down the field and just eliminate kick returners wearing number 99 I mean that's unbeatable. Then you got a bounty put on his head, though. It, I that was ridiculous. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Team started going after him. But let's let's look at this. I, I have a, what I call my all heinous list for players <laughs> that just really shouldn't be wearing single digit jerseys. Which there are probably way too many. Way way too many. But th- these really stood out to me, um, and, and I probably missed some. So if I do, please feel free to comment or uh, reach out to us on on Twitter and, and let us know who we missed. But uh, Starting off with Taji Sharp, uh, number four for the Falcons. That is a wide receiver, in case you didn't know. Um, he played 10 snaps on Sunday, zero catches. Uh, difference maker. D- true difference maker. <laughs> uh, Jermaine Carter, number four for the Panthers. That's another number four. Um, he actually plays. Uh, not not horrible player, but, I mean, fourth season in the NFL, like, 
has started maybe 12 games, like, I don't really think you deserve single digit. Like, the, the way I look at it is, you know, it's like LSU number seven. Like, it's your tradition. If you're wearing the, the low digits, like, you, you got to be cool. And listen to these last two. Albert Wilson, number two wide receiver for the Dolphins. Albert Wilson, do you think he deserves single digits? I can't say that I've heard of Albert, Albert Wilson before. Oh, 22 snaps, zero yards on Sunday, so that's there probably why. And then yeah, here's my favorite, America's team. The <laughs> Dallas Cowboys gave Cedric Wilson, the wide receiver, number one. Uh, three catches for 24 yards. He actually uh, performed the best out of the, uh, the all-heinous list. But I got to say, you know, America's team, it doesn't quite make sense to begin with because they just don't win. But, I hate that name. Yeah, I, I hate it. I mean, it's horrible. But but if you're America's team or the Dallas Cowboys, number one looks awesome. You, you can't give that to Cedric Wilson. I think number one in general looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, C- Cedric Wilson's not number one. He's he's not number one. I think both of our favorite quarterbacks were number one at the moment right now. That that in and they de- deservedly so. Yeah, that, I think that's very fair. That is very fair. But um, like like you said, I think it depends on the player. Depends on the person. You can't just be handing out really cool numbers to subpar players. It's just not how it works. It doesn't make sense. You, you got to earn it. Like, come on. Let let Cedric Wilson wear 89. Like, <laughs> you know, I that for all I know, that's a retired number in Dallas, and I'm dumb, but give him something dumb. Oh, no, I agree. But, I mean, just to go back to your point about college football and the kicker numbers, I think one of the coolest things that college football does, you can wear number zero. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Also, on top of that, is having the same number on both sides of the ball. I mean... It would be pretty awesome if your your quarterback is you know number four, and then your safety Eddie Jackson is number four as well. I mean, even though Eddie Jackson didn't look um, all too good, but we'll get to that later. Upset at him. But you know, just as an example, right? So I mean, jersey numbers was one of the things that we noticed. Another thing which I think is similar in uh, past years, but the penalty flags were flying everywhere, and I think. One thing that I noticed, I was really watching the Cardinals game heavy um, when it first started because I think that was one of the best games on early on in the day. Um, one of their very first drives stalled because of they had like, what, three flags in the red zone or something like It was like th- two or three, but I think they ended up getting a field goal out of that drive, luckily. But, I mean, it could have just ruined the whole drive. It, it, was, it was rough. And, I mean, I guess to an extent that's expected when you talk week one NFL, um, especially, I guess, with this weird offseason, you know, for a lot of teams you have – players of significant importance to your to your roster being out for days weeks multiple weeks with covid uh stuff like that so i would say i guess lack of preparation is is a little expected um just like any other week one but yeah the, the cardinals that was rough and i and i guess you know the fall starts were tough i think justin Pugh maybe had two back to back in that first drive um but also I don't know if you if you saw, but there were a couple of moments where the ref was quite literally standing in between the center and Kyler Murray, refusing to let him snap the ball. Mm. And we were just getting, I mean, we were about to get delay of games. I mean, Cliff had to burn early timeouts in the first quarter, and I believe it happened again in the third quarter. And I think, you know, that, that was just kind of ridiculous. And I, and I looked to Twitter, and of course, you know, fans were very happy to put Cliff's head at a stake, but that was kind of just outrageous what was going on. It seemed just like... A real, uh, just a rough period to start the season for everyone involved, referees included. Yeah. You know, did you notice? Um, kind of your point about the refs that you just made. Did you notice in probably the best game of the week, Monday Night Football last night, when uh, Derek Carr yelled at the ref to put the effing ball down? I, I did not when, see uh, that. That was when they're. I think it was an overtime. They're trying to score. Maybe it was in the regular, um, the, the actual game, like 
no overtime, but uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. I think I was watching the Peyton and Eli uh, broadcast. The broadcast. Yeah, it, it, dude, it was it was hilarious. Talking about that, that broadcast was amazing. We'll we'll touch on that a little more later, but that was really fun to watch, and I'm sure a lot of people around the country really enjoyed that, or even around the world. Super insightful. Um, what else did we? Uh, oh, and, and of course, I mean, this is something that happens every year, and we talk about it. Injuries. They're they're really insane. Um, you know, starting off, look at the Saints. Uh, I think they're, they're banged up at a couple key positions. Uh, I know pass rusher, I believe Marcus Davenport, uh, I believe he's banged up. And talk about a day for uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Gets absolutely racked out. I mean, they, they put the Brinks truck up to his house. Mm-hmm. And then injury. Yeah, what did he have? Uh, knee surgery? I, mean, I think so. I don't know if that was him, but I, I think I remember hearing something about that. I mean, there's a lot of injuries, like you said, like even uh, Okuda from the Lions. Oh, I'm sorry, Ch- a chip bone in his thumb. Oh, okay. Wow, that's better than knee surgery, I guess. That's a lot better. <laughs> that, uh, that Probably why they're comfortable giving him that money. Yeah, that that still doesn't sound too good. Um, but yeah, anyways, the, the injuries are pretty in, insane. The Saints, uh, I know the Niners are oh, Niners just can't getting devastated it. again. And, and the Jets, I mean, the, the Jets aren't. No one's really tuning in every Sunday to see the Jets aside for Jets fans, but uh, they're racking up quite the uh, the injury list every. Uh, I mean, starting with even three, four weeks ago, rounding out uh, the preseason and training camp, they just it was devastating for them at least. I mean, and speaking of injuries too, a lot of players that had season-ending injuries last season that came back this year, they didn't make much of an impact on the field, I had noticed. I mean, Saquon, I know he was in limited reps, but he didn't do much in the time that he had. Also, OBJ was still out, even though, I mean, that was a game-time decision. You'd think that after all his, um, after the offseason, all his time he had off, you'd think that he would be back in the lineup, but I guess he just wasn't feeling it. Yeah, 100%. And I mean... Talking about Saquon, I mean, I guess the the Giants as a whole, uh, they stink. Let's let's just put it out there. I don't think They're, you can win with Daniel Jones. I mean, yeah, butterfingers. I, I've I've been an adamant subscriber to that uh, that thought process, but let's just see this Giants team. So they lose twenty seven to thirteen to the Broncos at home. Who's a good team, by the way? Broncos are a pretty good team. They they have a good defense. I mean, I would say the the quarterback with. Teddy Two Gloves is a little questionable, even though I am a Teddy Two Gloves fan as a person. Nice guy. Nice guy. I just think he's a game manager. I think that's why they picked him over Drew Locke. I just think he makes the right decision all the time. So I think, I mean, serviceable, definitely. Like, he's going to get the job done, and he did on Sunday. But I think um, their offense can be good. I think they have really nice young weapons. Sorry to Jerry Judy. He... Out yeah, for what tough. six weeks, probably maybe a little longer. That's tough. That's really tough because he was doing really well in that game as well. But um, you know, well let me let me hit you with the number right here. Okay, you ready? Saquon Barkley, ten carries. Take a guess how many yards he got on ten carries on Sunday. Wasn't it like I, I could have sworn I saw someone was like twenty three, twenty six, twenty six. That'd be two point six yards a carry. The Giants leading rusher. Daniel Jones with six carries <laughs> for 27 yards. Beat him out by a yard. Uh, he also Four had a touchdown. Carries. He, he also did have a touchdown. So uh, there you go. If you have Saquon on your uh, fantasy team, it's not too late to throw Daniel Jones in. You know, I think we had a conversation wire. about Saquon a while ago saying we were both kind of on the fence about him. He's had his moments. He's kind of inconsistent, though, overall. I mean, I... Uh, 
I remember when, when Saquon was viewed as, you know, maybe the best running back in the league a couple years ago. I I just something always kind of seemed off about him. And I think someone I remember someone told me at that time that Saquon Barkley is the most useless superstar in the NFL. And I never really understood what it meant quite until I guess the past twelve months. Yeah. He kind of just either isn't available or just doesn't really do a whole lot. I mean, you know, the Giants really aren't a great team to begin with. So maybe, you know, it's just he needs a new ch- new scenario or, you know, change of scenery. But uh, it's not looking good for Squan over in, in the Big Apple. No, I agree. I think last year's injury was obviously really unfortunate. Um, when it happened in week two, I think he had a pretty good start to the season last year. And obviously, I mean, you never expect to tear your ACL in the second week of the season. So unfortunate for him. Let's see if he can actually come back and make it back to what he was, um, what, two seasons ago at this point? Yeah. Um, who knows? Who knows what will end up happening? But some other, um, like a big point that I think a lot of people want to hear about is the young quarterbacks. That's a huge talking point this season. Um, they can't all be good. They no, can't they good. can't, and not all their teams are good. Um, but it was definitely apparent that there's going to be some big learning curves, especially for... I feel like in particular, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, they're on two probably, what, bottom five teams in the NFL. Yeah. There's going to be some struggles there. Well, let me just say, let me hit you on the spot, and and let's just throw it out there to everyone. As you know, Sam is a Bears fan, so there, there is some Justin Fields. Uh, oh, I have huge bias. There is some bias. <laughs> but let's take Fields out of the conversation. I think Fields and Lance we can remove from this week's conversation. They both played limited snaps and did well in them, but, I mean, not enough to actually gauge, you know. You said Fields and who? Lance. Okay. Trey Lance. He only played what? I mean, he threw that touchdown in his first snap, that little gimme, the little confidence booster. And then, um, did, did he play anything other than that? I'm not sure, to be honest. I know Fields played five snaps total, one yeah. rushing touchdown. Um, okay, so let's remove those two. Yeah. Let's and just let's just look at Trevor Lawrence, Mac, Mac Jones, yeah. and Zach Wilson. Yeah, so I kind of... Give, give me those three, for you, I'm going to put you on the spot. Those three power ranked. For Ooh. if you were... Okay, let me if, ask you, though. If, if you're looking at just general success, projecting general success in the NFL. Not not if you're a GM and you want to you know pick one or pick the other, because, I mean... I think Trevor Lawrence then would, would probably be the obvious answer right. of the intangibles and, and just the overall physique. But let's just say projecting success, like gun to your head, who's going to oh, do the boy. best, like what, whose career is going to be the best? Am I factoring in their teams as well, or is it just by player? I think naturally you have to, and I okay. think we all know where that really gives the advantage. Right. The elephant right. in the room on Mac, three. Mac Jones, yeah, I think. Mac Jones, of course. So he threw for 281 and one touchdown, which, like, doesn't jump out at you. He but I think efficient ball. If very efficient. I also think he fits perfectly into the New England scheme. It just seems like they don't want him to do too much. They want him to hit those little crosses, the little shallow throws, and he does it, and he's accurate. Um, I, I believe I, uh, I did our write-up on that uh, division, if you look on our website, and the one thing I really had to say about Mac Jones when, when I looked at the preseason and everything is just completion machine. The, oh, the guy's just gonna, he's gonna complete every pass and move the ball. You know, long drives they're gonna control the clock and they're really not gonna give you that many opportunities to win. You know, they they lost this past weekend. The Dolphins are very good defensive team. They're a very good defensive team and they have a very good roster, but. Wow, Mac Jones is impressive, and and this may spell trouble for 
for quite some time. <laughs> uh, yeah. If he up, I mean, he kind of has that Brady build, right? Everyone's kind of comparing their, the their draft. Yeah, their, their photos uh, when Mac had his shirt off in the locker room and then Brady's draft photo. So, I mean, the comparisons are there naturally, right? But, yeah. I mean, so back to your question, I think Mac Jones obviously has to go first because of the reasons that we just mentioned. Um, oh, man, the last two are tough because Trevor Lawrence is just – he's got the build. He has the arm. but he's Does he have the coach? <laughs> well, we were talking about earlier, we saw rumors that maybe Urban was thinking about going to USC because he wasn't too into the NFL game. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not sold on Urban at all. But, um, that, Zach Wilson, yeah. kind of similar situation. Kind of a bad team, new coach who's defensive minded nonetheless. Um, but a little shorter, still has a pretty huge arm. He has a cannon. cannon. Wow. And, and honestly, I, I found Zach Wilson to be one of the most dislikable people in his, in his time in college, his, his stint in college. Purely, yeah. I think purely just because of his smile and, and just the way he looks, he has a very hateable face. Ooh. No offense to Zach Wilson. I think uh, his mom and her, her social media may have uh, propelled the issue. <laughs> but, but uh, I mean, he, he looks good. Uh, he looks good. And, and I've personally kind of zagged where people have been all over uh, Trevor Lawrence. So it's tough for me to... Maybe even answer that one uh, without a little bit of bias, purely because I uh, I just have never really been a believer in Urban Meyer, and I, I just always get scared. I'm I'm the, when, when everyone's you know writing it in and penciling it in, I get a little scared with with that, especially in the NFL. That's that's just you know anything can happen. Can't do it. Yeah, yeah anything can happen. I mean, my my final assessment, I guess, would be Mac Jones, Zach Wilson played. Pretty good ball this past weekend. Two fifty-eight, two touchdowns, one pick. I mean, Trevor had what three touchdowns, three picks, and like three hundred some yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, technically his numbers are better, but the picks are scary against the the uh, Texans, nonetheless. So I think I put Zach Wilson too, as of as of this past week. Yeah, that's fair. as of this that's past week. That's fair. So that that's gonna be my rankings right there of those three. Wow, the only glimmer of hope for Jaguars fans, and, and they're just throwing up hearing you say that right now. Yeah, well, it is what it is, man. Got <laughs> to hear the truth sometimes, right? But I mean, I will say, if, or if uh, Justin Fields is on the list, he's going one, just for being Justin Fields. <laughs> <laughs> I respect it, I respect uh, it. Well, let's let's move on to a little uh, a little segment we got, and it's just going to be some early apologies. And, and this is going to be anything that we have to say about a player, a team, or you know, anything in, in general, about anything we, we wrote in our you know, division previews or have just oh, constantly said or believed about this NFL season before you know, a snap of, of meaningful ball was played. Um, and, and so why don't you start it off? Yeah, so my first one's bad. My first one's really bad. I have to apologize like, very deeply to Dak Prescott. In our article, I called him feeble. I didn't think he'd be able wow. to carry the expectations of uh, Cowboys fans around the world. Um, Let me tell you something. Dak Prescott, good at ball. He looked really good. He, he is good at ball. He threw the ball 58 <laughs> times, which is enough to uh, throw a feeble man's arm out. Yeah. Uh, for 403 yards, three touchdowns. I think he had a pick as well. Um, yes. Yeah. But, I mean, after that game, it's definitely the Cowboys division, especially with Fitzmagic getting hurt. I just... Man, I can't see anyone else really competing if they continue to stay healthy, play at that level. Uh, so you know, I gotta say, uh, I don't mean to cut you off, no, but, but I'm going to. Um, <laughs> but wow, 
The Eagles surprised me. Oh, I, I am. I'm not going to give him an official apology because I'm just not. But, just, just in case. Just in case. I mean, it was the Falcons, right? Yeah. But Jalen Hurts looked really good. Devonta Smith. D- Devonta Smith. I, I did at one point say that AJ Green would have a better statistical season than Devonta Smith. Um, Are starting out a little rough. Starting out a little rough for us, for my brand, but um, you know. They look really good. Pretty and, surprising. Yeah, and their, and their pass rush picked up right where it left off, and that's no surprise. But uh, the O-line looked much improved. And, you know, I uh, I have a, a very, very diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan close to me, and <laughs> he he was consistent all along, or adamant all along, I should say, that the Eagles O-line is a lot better than they looked last year, and it was truly just the injury bug and, you know, just just a really poor situation for, for a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. So. You know, that kudos happens. to them. Kudos yeah, to happens. them. But right. continue. Well, I was just, I, I was just gonna say like, Cow- so there's a Cowboys division. Yeah. Cowboys division. I mean, it may not be if Zeke keeps playing the way he is, but I mean, as little, long as as long as little December fits magic run, little December fits magic. Hey, you never know, right? You never know. Um, I mean, I I, I but, will admit, I thought the I thought the Washington football team was. The clear cut well, winner. Go I on. did as well. I wrote the piece on them. Chase Young said that as well, and I, I believed him. You, With that defense, you got to believe him, right? Future Junior. I, yeah, you, you fell for Future Junior. I did. You got to look. Got to believe him though. But I mean, definitely Cowboys division, in my opinion. Who's wow. your first uh, apology? Wow, Cowboys division. I think it is. I. You know what? People fall for that every year, so we're uh, we're going to quote you up on that one. Yeah, okay, that's and fine. We're, and we're going to see how this one ends. It was against the Bucks. Well, my first apology is just as sincere because. I really, really wrote off Jamar Chase. Um, everyone did. I think everyone did. I um, do we have that quote? Which which one? Oh oh, the football quote. Yes yes. Please pull up the college football quote and, and let me know when you got that one. That that's <laughs> that was concerning to say the least. But it, it might have just been a joke. Um, but yeah, Jamar Chase. I mean, that was a big first win for for the Bengals. And I may owe an apology to the Bengals, but I'm definitely not going to commit that far because uh, you know it's week one. Well, let's see what happens. Yeah, you never know. Um, but wow, let's, let's see how they fare against the Bears' defense uh, in this upcoming week. But I, I'm excited. Jamar Chase looked good. He uh, was it, was it Xavier Rhodes that he burnt on the on the sideline for that touchdown. Mm. Um, I'm not quite. I'm not too sure, honestly. Well, Jack's looking for that. Just the quote. One of the quotes he made was, "There's a bigger ball adjustment, so I don't want to make excuses, but I just have to be a pro and make the catch." So he's blaming the wow ability to catch a ball on. The slight increase in the size of the ball from college to NFL, which is pretty crazy. You can't you can't say that. So that was that was alarming. That was alarming, and I'm sorry. It was not Xavier Rhodes. I forgot that he's a Colt. Um, it was. Uh, I was going to say actually. I it was. I, I think it might have been Rashad Breland. Uh, quick stack correction. Sorry. I did, sorry to give you guys some fake news. Um, but yeah, Jamar Chase. I mean, he, he looked great, and uh, Joe Burrow looked great. I think yeah, exactly. I was just gonna say that the big takeaway from that Bengals game is, is Burrow looked really great. He looked really confident, and I and I sort of wrote him off. I really didn't see that O line being able to protect him, especially coming off. Well, I mean, he did have to get reconstruction surgery on his knee, so I I, I just didn't really see that coming to fruition. And I did hammer the Bengals under six and a half season win uh, total. So. Still could happen. I, I may pay the price, but yeah, it, that's why I'm not going to fully apologize. They're in a Bengals. really tough division. They, they are. They'll probably lose. If uh, you'd have to assume, maybe all of those games. I mean, really good division. But who knows? And, and the thing is, too, like 
I think with Burrow, it, it may just be the, the scheme finally developing and coming to, to you know, fruition, I guess. Right. is. And, and I looked, according to NFL's next-gen stats, he had the seventh-best time-to-throw average at 2.56 seconds, which I thought was pretty awesome. It, it seems like he's getting the ball out quick, and, you know, that OL, or I mean that O-line, sorry, uh, might not be, you know, as talented as uh, the rest of the leagues, but... You know, maybe maybe it's just the system. It's worked so far. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't think the Vikings have the best D line either, but they st- they have a they have a decent defense. So yeah. I mean, if there were any things that need to be exposed in the off- or the the Bengals offense, it would have been. Yeah. Um, but I guess we'll I guess I'll have to wait and find out this next week when the Bears play the, the Bengals. Should be interesting. Most two sub par teams. Most definitely. What's your next apology? So. I am making an apology, uh, apology, excuse me, to the Raiders' defense and honestly the team as a whole. I mean, that game was insane. insane. And just some numbers from that game, um, the defensive side of it. So they gave up 235 passing, which not the best, not the worst. Um, 189 rushing with 86 coming from Lamar, but I think that's kind of a given. Like, if you watch that game... Oh my, he, he's impossible to tackle. They sacked him, at, they got to him. Max Crosby was doing his thing. He was yeah. getting to him. He, he did. And, and I mean, he fumbled to end the game. Lamar, he fumbled right? twice. In, in overtime, right? Uh, yeah. Was yeah, it Carl Nassib? Yeah. It was either him. Or, no, I think it might have been Crosby, actually. Was it? I don't even remember. Crosby that. was getting back yeah. there. That's, yeah. That was my one of the biggest takeaways from the game. He was getting there, and he was getting there quick. Um, but I mean, so, not the best stats defensively, but... They kept their team in the game, especially when Carr was missing early. Yeah. All he was doing was targeting um, Waller. Was Waller, dude? Like no one else. It was exclusively Waller. But I mean, got it done. They got it done, especially in OT. Came up with that big stop. Got like you mentioned the fumble, and just to mention, I guess the team in general. Carr ended up with 435 yards, two touchdowns, and then an interception. But that was wild. It was should have been a touchdown. Should have ended the game. Yeah. Um, but you know, hey, it was. Arguably the best game of the week. I, I mean, that may just be the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders in opening games at, at that stadium. That's I mean, true. Last year they beat the Saints week two to open it up. I, I just think that every week needs to be opening week in Allegiant Stadium <laughs> yeah. for them to find success. But uh, Which, I, we're both from Vegas, so it was awesome to see yeah, that, fans packing cool. that stadium. But, and, uh, and by the way, that stadium looks Unreal. I, I haven't been. I think you, you've been. I, I've you? been in yeah. it for a uh, UNLV football game yeah. right before they closed it back up because Mark Davis wanted nobody in it, not even UNLV. So I've been in it. When I was there, it was pretty cool. Um, it looked a little unfinished, looked like a little bit rushed. But mm-hmm. I think since then I've heard that they've really taken their time to it's make really improvements nice. and furnish it up. And, and go Rebels. Nice little UNLV <laughs> shout out. I mean, ASU beat them this past weekend. So go ASU, <laughs> but also go Rebels. <laughs> well, I got one more apology. I also have one more, but it's not as relevant as the other two. So was, can, wait, was it you? Was it, I was, was just gonna, I was going to apologize. Oh, I just went with the Raiders. Okay, that's so right. Yeah, it's yeah, you. yeah, it's you. So I have to sincerely apologize to Urban Meyer's family <laughs> and the Jaguars organization as a whole. No, more specific, like it, it has to just like his family. They just must be suffering. They had to move out to Jacksonville first of all. Nobody wants to be in Jacksonville. Like, it's got to be what Central Florida. I don't really know the exact I, geographical location. Nobody knows where Jacksonville is, <laughs> unless you're from Jacksonville. That's probably pretty true. Um, it's just it's just been a horrible experience so far. I mean, when you're when you haven't even coached your first game, 
and there's already rumblings that, that they're upset within the Oregon. Oh, wow, it is actually on the coast. Jacksonville is, in fact, on the coast. On the people. coast, right at the top. It right is top not Florida. central Florida. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's good to know. But, uh, but yeah. It, I mean, there's already reports that it's just not going well. People aren't happy. Can't be good. Like we, we alluded to earlier, uh, maybe some USC interest. Maybe already which trying to duck and run. Crazy. But there's also reported uh, Eric Bieniemy interest, which would be unreal. Which, um, I, as much as I'd like that for USC, because we have a really close buddy who's a huge USC fan, I'd like that for him. I just, you know, in Bieniemy's mind, I don't know why you do that. You're basically the next guy up for a huge NFL job. I don't know why you'd go down a level. It, besides could the fact get paid that more. it could get paid more. That is true. Could get paid more. And it is home for him, Southern California. Yeah, exactly. But I, you know, I just, I'd want to say at top level. I don't want to be top dog, top tier. Yeah. That's I mean, just me though. Yeah, I mean, you're just built different, I guess. I'm just built different. <laughs> but uh, seriously, though, Urban Meyer, I mean, coaching debut, they're, they're down 34-7 to to the Houston Texans at one point. Who, uh, by the way, arguably is considered the worst team in the NFL. Or they, was they supposed were, to be. They supposed were. To be, right? you know, people ragged on the Texans all offseason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they may be a little better than uh, people projected. Uh, shout out Tyrod. Yeah, Finally getting his chance. <laughs> shout out Tyrod. They didn't let the team doctor near him before. before <laughs> yeah, he didn't get his field. long stab. Yeah. So, but okay. Let's let's look at the Jaguars. So, down thirty four seven to Houston at one point. They end up losing the ball game thirty seven to twenty one. Uh, Trevor Lawrence second worst passer rating in the NFL at seventy point one ahead of Aaron Rodgers, yeah, which is really that's awesome. That's another to topic see. we got to get into later. That's that's really awesome to see at the bottom. Uh, third worst completion percentage in the NFL, Trevor Lawrence, uh, 54.9%. And uh, NFL Next Gen Stats provides a completion percentage above or below expected percentage. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, negative 13%. Great. That's uh, That was the worst in the NFL. That's why he was last in my rankings. That that is not too good, in case you guys were wondering. You'd have to imagine, too, his stats that do look good on paper were a result of garbage time play. Like, just put him up late game. I mean... Yeah, Marvin Jones. uh, Shout out to Marvin Jones for giving me that late uh, garbage time fantasy touchdown. Um, Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, But seriously, Urban Meyer, like, his family just must be miserable. He's got to go. I mean, it's only... Which, this might be an overreaction, which that's our next segment we're going to get into, but I just think it just looked bad. I mean, if you're, the Jaguars aren't a good team, but if you're losing that bad to another pretty terribly constructed team, not a great look. Yeah. Not a great look at all. Do, do you think Urban Meyer makes his wife run laps if she doesn't fold his, his polos correctly? Right? Oh, yeah. He keeps the whistle on him. Yeah. He definitely keeps his whistle on him. There, I, I read a report Burpees. that he, uh, quote unquote, lit up. The locker room following a preseason loss, um, like an NFL locker room. Yeah, how how do you yell at grown men? I mean, like that. Like, and it's your first job in the NFL. I think that's pretty tough. After a preseason loss, that's maybe that's why players aren't too high on him. He's treating them like they're in college still. <laughs> definitely not. Maybe I think that's exactly yeah, why. That's most definitely why. But um, I guess my last apology is kind of a little less firm than the other ones. Uh, being a fan of a team that's in the NFC North, I know a lot about the Lions and how bad they've been for countless years of my life. And now they're even worse with the addition of Jared Goff instead of having Matthew Stafford on that roster. But I issued you an apology to them because I thought they were going to be so bad with with Goff, like just terrible. But a lot of people did. Lot the, of I mean, rightfully so, right? Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, they played a great game, showed grit late. 
almost beat a Niners team. Supposed supposedly one of the best in the NFL, which I don't really agree with. But um, I mean, they, they did get the onside that that bounced their way, which lucky, obviously it's some luck. Back. But yeah, they they did come kind of storming back into that game. But also the thing about the Lions too is sneaky, sneaky good O line. I don't want to go full out and say they're a really good O line, but a lot of young pieces. Super they're, young. they're definitely building something. Oh yeah. Well. The Dan Campbell effect is definitely wearing off. <laughs> the grit is definitely wearing off. That dude's insane, and the team played like it at the end of the game. I mean, as much as I kind of have a dislike for Jared Goff, he played a decent game, 338 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick against wow. a pretty good defense, which, again, had a couple injuries, um, season-ending injuries. Um, but, you know, Tough. nonetheless... And now uh, well. the Lions go out to Green Bay. I believe that is that a Monday night game. That is the that Monday is the Monday night, night game. game. Wow, should be interesting to hear the Peyton and Eli broadcast on that one, huh? Yeah, jeez, I, I, I don't even know what to think of. Might be the only Packers. way I get through it. Yeah, seriously, I really don't know what to think of the Packers. They're they that was ugly, and and after everything Aaron Rodgers did this oh, season, it, well, it was it was really ugly. Let's just say it did not look good for his brand. Well, that segues perfectly into our next segment for me. Let's so do this. Our next segment, overreacting or Explain here to stay. Wait, sorry, I cut you off. It's no. uh, overreacting or here to stay. Right. Sorry, my bad. So basically, we give each other a point that happened in the NFL, whether it be a team, a player, whatever it may be. And we ask the – so I'll ask Jack if it's an overreaction to say said comment or if that player or team is here to stay for the rest of the season, if they're going to continue to do well or poor. However described, yeah. yeah. So my first one – Project is, is it an overreaction to say the Green Bay Packers will finish with a record at or under 500? Wow. Which I don't know if I even fully believe this one because Aaron Rodgers, Devonta Adams, and uh, Aaron Jones. I mean, crazy offense. I would say yes. That has to be an overreaction as of right now, surely because, like you said, that I mean that. The offensive talent is is undeniable. I mean, David Bakhtiari. Yeah, the, the whole offense is well, great. Bakhtiari is out right now, isn't he? Oh, yeah, you're right. I think, yeah, yeah. I think he's. I out think for you're right. Month. Yeah, but um, I mean, nonetheless, I would say overreaction for right now, but that did not look good. Mm-mm. I mean, some people have said you know maybe Rodgers just isn't in on Green Bay or whatever. Or they they pointed to his horrible record in uh, Florida. Oh, that's right. In Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's why they played in Jacksonville. Yeah, as to why, you know, the result happened. But I I just got to say, like, that's just – it was really, really, really bad to see. I mean, really poor. It was really bad. Um, Awesome for me. I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers guy. Uh, I think that he was a bit of a a diva, to say the least, this past offseason. Definitely some turmoil. So it was was pretty cool to see him – you know, cause all that fuss over ultimately Randall Cobb, and then um, come back and maybe even Clay Matthews too. Yeah, and yeah, yeah exactly. Clay Matthews, and then get annihilated by yeah. uh, Jameis Winston fresh off his LASIK surgery. Which, yeah, which I, I obviously is working. Yeah. <laughs> awesome for Jameis. I, I love Jameis. He's an awesome guy. Uh, I, mean, so I mean, just to go off on that though, I'm I'm a Bears fan, so you obviously know how that makes me feel. Um, pretty pretty good. Uh, so, a stat that both you and I have seen, but I'm going to read anyways for mm-hmm. the listeners. This one's good. This, this is insane. So, a passer rating if thrown into the dirt every play is 39.6. Aaron Rodgers, this past Sunday, versus the Saints, threw a 32.8. 
that's disgusting. I don't even know how that's possible. That's it's just gross. That wait, how many throws did he have? Uh, I'm not too sure to be honest with you. Let's give us a second. Let's let's pull this up. Let's see. Uh, I don't know how many throws he had, but he had a 53.6 completion rate or completion Jeez. percentage. Which that's is just not good. Subpar for him, especially. Well, that that actually reminds me. Sorry, I, I just had to pull this up, but uh, that reminds me of last year's Russell Wilson Carson Wentz stat, uh, where Russ. I mean, Carson Wentz obviously had just a god awful year last year. That was it was yeah, painful to watch. It wasn't good. But uh, at one point, this was September 29th, twenty twenty, uh, a tweet from uh, Jimmy Kempsky. Uh, Russell Wilson could throw forty six interceptions on his next forty six pass attempts. And he'd still have a better quarterback rating than Carson Wentz. That was nah, that was an awesome stat, and that just reminded me of that. So I, I had to pull it up. Never want to hear that. <laughs> never want to hear that. You, you never want to hear that. So here, I, I got an overreaction here to stay for you. Yeah, go for it. The Mike Zimmer era is coming to an ugly end in Minnesota. Oh, so is are you saying is that is that an oh, overreaction? No, I think that's here to stay. Most definitely, I think here to stay. I think Zimmer. He's been on the hot seat for a minute here. I think they get hot a little bit end of season, make a little playoff push, get close or whatever the case may be, and then they'll keep him from another year. Mm-hmm. But I mean, is he just a result of, or is he a product of the players that he has on his team? I mean, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, who was a standout rookie last year. Oh you also have Adam Thielen, who was once like yeah, one of the best receivers. He did ball this weekend, but I mean, a little fall off season last year. But I mean, before that, him and Diggs. Were such a great duo to have in Minnesota, yeah. um, and again they had a great defense, uh, which has kind of dwindled in the past couple of years. But uh, I, I think he's a product of his team, the players that are around him. Um, eventually, I think he's gone. He's got to be gone, in my opinion. But I mean, you say he's a product of his team. I mean, his team's talented. Like his team is talented, which I mean, even goes to they're show not great, but like. Like you said, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. I mean, Kirk Cousins, the, you know, you can go either way on him. But I just – I didn't really see them performing how they did against the Bengals. Oh, it, it was ugly. They, I mean, not to mention they, they busted plenty of bets and teasers in the NFL uh, for, for all the betters out there. But still, I mean, their, their touchdown drive, uh, I believe it was their first touchdown drive, I mean, it was just bailout. Like, I mean, what they they converted a third and twenty four off a mixed missed tackle on the sideline. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they couldn't even run the ball on the Bengals. Uh, Dalvin Cook twenty carries for sixty one yards, three point oh five yards a carry. Uh, that's the Bengals team that gave up the fourth most run yards last year. I, I mean, you know, it's like what the second best like running back in yeah. the league. Maybe I mean, third I mean, best. After that's what I'm saying. Dalvin McCaffrey Cook. Like, I, I, had a, I had a couple weeks last year where I was saying Dalvin Cook might be the, the clear best running back in the NFL. So, I mean, you know, the, the Bengals obviously got better, but did they get that much better on the on the defensive mm-hmm. front side? Uh, I, I don't know. That that was really surprising to me. So, I, I just... That's where it has to come down to coaching, right? I mean, they have, yeah, the, exactly. they have some of the exactly. pieces. Got to get rid of the coach. That's yeah. that's what happens. Exactly. But I guess, you know, that's why it's uh, week one overreactions. Week one overreactions. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so my next one kind of correlates with my first question. We move over to the Saints. So is Jameis Winston QB1? Is he here to stay? or And he will he keep putting up insane stat lines like he had this past weekend? Or is he gone? Is that an overreaction? I mean, 
like I said, the NFL is simply just better when Jameis Winston's playing football. <laughs> when he's eating crab legs, getting, getting yeah. I mean, touchdowns. When, when he's eating W's, like, it's just, it's unreal. Like, I don't know. I, I, I would say that he's here to stay. I, I, I think that he played a really, really efficient game. I mean, what did he have, five touchdowns? Did he have sub 200 yards? I want to say at one point he had four touchdowns with like 130 yards. He ended with 148. 148 yards? 70% completion, 14 for 20, and... He, he may have had 100 yards with four touchdowns. I, 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 I think, no, know. yeah, I think it was. It was like sub, sub 100 with four touchdowns. He was like the only player, and he ended with five. So, but I mean, pretty crazy stat line. He was efficient. Pretty crazy. I, I, I mean... Which is crazy for James Winston. It is crazy. Mr. Yeah. 30 for 30. And a lot of people said, like, if... Well, first of all, there was a lot of doubt on around the Saints, you know, it was pretty much the end of an era when you look at it. Uh, they'll start off something entirely new yeah. without Drew Brees. And right. then the it didn't really leave a good taste in anyone's mouth when Sean Payton seemed to be feuding with Michael Thomas over the timing of his surgery and kind of almost called him out. Which is um, still probably ongoing. Yeah, exa- exactly. But, I mean, the, the Saints played a good ball game. And I think a lot of people were, were saying that if the Saints were going to do well this year, it was going to have to be you know one of Sean Payton's best years. Uh, coaching wise, and I mean, clearly he's, he might be right up to the task or right up to the uh, to whatever you know, up to the plate, up yeah. to the plate, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I I think uh, I think the Saints are going to be a pretty good team. I don't know if I if I would quite say that they're a, like a, a surefire playoff team. Um, I could see some mistakes killing them down down the uh, road when yeah. you know teams figure out and get more comfortable with other teams' offenses and they have more tape, but. Yeah, I would say it's it's awesome so far. The Saints look awesome, and and you know Jameis Winston might be the funniest runner in the NFL. He, he looks hilarious. I mean, just to your point there. I think that's probably the worst game the Packers will play all season. I agree. Probably. I, agree. I, I would agree. You'd hope so. And, and they do it every year. They do it every year. They, they do dud, it every year. They have a dud every year that that just looks horrible. But I mean, it's nice for Sean Payton, even though that this is kind of like a offense reset for him. That he still got Alvin Kamara. Yeah, Alvin Kamara is going to be his workhorse all year. Hopefully, he stays healthy and he's going to be catching passes out of the backfield and also rushing um, for hundreds of yards. So he's definitely going to be their workhorse. So I got one for you. Right, let's hear. It. Here's the statement: Dak Prescott is back, mm-hmm. and he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Oh, I, I, I think that's here to stay. I think that's not an overreaction at all. I think before he had his season-ending injury last year, he was. Surefire, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I'd agree. Um, he was putting up insane numbers last year, and he started off this season with putting up. Obviously, oh, well, they threw fifty-eight times, which definitely pads the stats a little bit. But I think, I mean, crazy, crazy game by him. He was pretty accurate for the most part. Um, only one pick, throwing fifty-eight times. I mean, that's yeah. pretty crazy. I thought it was awesome to see. Also, you know, besides the four hundred five yards, he only took one sack, and uh, I, I really was watching to see. How he would move, and you know if he would overall, you know, body language wise, right. look comfortable in in the pocket. Uh, I would say there was a couple times where maybe he didn't quite have his legs under him. Maybe he, you know, was just throwing with all arm or upper body at times and leaving a couple balls short. But I would say he looked, you know, very very comfortable. And, and on top of that, you know, Kellen Moore did a tremendous job calling plays as their offensive coordinator. Uh, I, I think something that I really really uh, liked was just the incorporation of some of the motion and some of the quick release stuff. Um, 
Uh, I noted that uh, Dak had the second quickest release time in the NFL, and uh, his intended average yards went from 7.9 yards per attempt to 6.7 yards. Um, you know, which basically just shows that he's just they're playing a much shorter field, and they're just getting the ball out of his hands. They're not really risking it in terms of you know the pressures and letting them get hit. Tough you defense, know. also. Exactly, a tough, a tough, tough defense. defense. That is a, that is a tough defense to start, and that maybe could play into it. So maybe you know I'm overlooking that, but uh, or overanalyzing that, I should say. But uh, I'm excited to see what, what a full year looks like for the uh, Cowboys with this offense and and Dak Prescott apparently healthy. Um, but on top of that, this this isn't another overreaction here. Stay. I'm just gonna say, Zeke. Not not too good at ball. Where is Zeke? He they didn't even really use him. There should be posters put up all around Dallas. You know, Ezekiel Elliott wanted for you know felony robbery, <laughs> just taking. Well, I think they used Pollard or however Tony Pollard. Yeah, I think they Pollard. used him more Poyard, than Pollard. Pollard. I, mean, yeah. I have no idea. But they used him more than yeah. Zeke, and, and he looks better than Zeke. Which quite honestly, crazy because Zeke yeah. a couple years ago was what top. Four top three best running backs in the league. I mean, yeah, exactly. You remember Zeke jumping into the uh, the big red bucket in the end zone? Oh, dude, that's a classic yeah, clip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he the was Salvation like, Army yeah, bucket. Yeah, the Salvation Army bucket. He was like the best running back in the league at one point, the most feared guy in the league. Fell off hard. Yeah, fell off hard. But I mean, that's what happens when you pay running backs big money. Oh, yeah. That's a whole issue in itself, just paying players and they disappear. But so his stats for their game against the Bucks 11 rushes, 33 yards, which. Obviously, is three per attempt. Yeah. Three yards per attempt. So, not good. Not good. Who's the leading rusher? Who's the leading rusher? Uh, I'd assume Pollard. I was I was just looking at oh, the okay. stats yeah. in general. So, yeah. but unprepared. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know me. Never coming in prepared. Even uh, though I was a Boy Scout at one point. Uh, you know, shout out to the Boy Scouts. Shout out to the Boy Scouts. Always Any Boy prepared. Scouts listening? Shout out. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so. After this segment, what we're going to like to do for the most part is just make a really absurd take that we're going to stand by for, I mean, not for the whole season, but we're going to do our best to like keep believing in that statement that we make. And not necessarily absurd, but, but an overreaction. Overreaction, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So I'll start with mine. So I'm going to say due to a lack of coaching experience and an inadequate roster around him, I am overreacting by saying Trevor Lawrence will end up being a bust in the NFL. I, I mean, it's just, it's hard to see otherwise. I mean, obviously he's was toted as one of the best prospects ever to come into the draft. Since Luck, since Andrew Luck, yeah. Well, yeah, and since literally, since he was a freshman, yeah. like people were talking about him leaving to go to the draft then if it was possible. Exactly. But And, and he would have been a number one pick. And he would have yeah. been, which is crazy. But they got pummeled by the Texans, which we've already got into, one of the worst teams in the NFL. And it's just, he wasn't efficient. He wasn't really accurate, as you mentioned. Three picks, three touchdowns, but I mean. I'm going to say, you know, and, and I mentioned earlier that I'm not the highest on Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I never really was, even though, you know, I, I actually did enjoy watching him play at Clemson. But I, I say you got to give it some more time for me, at least. Uh, I think it, it may just be, you know, like, for example, Ryan Tannehill under, you know, Adam Gase, for example. Uh, it, it may just be horrible situation, horrible coach. Uh, the, the personnel is just not that good, right? Um, and, and so I would say give it some more time on that. I you know, it would support what I've been saying for years or months if he was a bust. 
So I don't want to say I'm rooting for it, but it'd make me look pretty good. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I, I think you got to give that some more time. I, I, I just I want to see what Trevor Lawrence looks like without Urban Meyer as his head coach. Well, I think that's fair. I also, but I also think he's not going to get a good roster around him if he's still in the Jags. I think he's got to go elsewhere, maybe to a non-poverty organization um, like the Jags are. But you know, that's fair. I think I think your evaluation is fair there. But that's just my that's my I respect that hot take, and I'm standing like by. I'm stand by. I like you standing by that. That that's that's a good one. And, and honestly, like you know. It, it, if you may be right, if he's on the if he's on the Jaguars, you know it may just be a wrap for his career. I mean, think about Ryan Leaf. I mean, you can you can list endless quarterbacks. Who's the? They're just a product of the horrible rosters they've been around. Who's the dude with the huge arm that played for the Raiders who got drafted by them? Like Jamarcus Russell? Yes. Yeah. Another another exactly. name. Another name. Well, I mean, let's talk about Josh Rosen. I mean, <laughs> let's talk about a guy who never got a chance. I mean, poor guy. Hey, Josh Rosen, if you're out there, like. I still believe your jersey's hung up in my room. It's the only thing on my walls. It's seen Atlanta. It's kind of psycho. Uh, yeah, he is in Atlanta, and he's awesome. That Ryan might be a good person to win behind. Yeah, he's he, been. He sat behind Brady. Yep. You and, never know. You never know. He you might be the know. next Brady. But uh, all right, for for the claimer overreaction, I got one, and I've honestly, I've been saying this for a couple weeks, maybe even a month now, and this past week only really propelled my. Uh, my belief in this take, but the Niners are in big trouble. And I think you look around the NFL, especially like at coverage, different like uh, coverage outlets, and they all say the same thing. The Niners are one of like the inner circle Super Bowl contenders and, you know, top tier roster in the NFL, you know, only a year, I mean, only two years removed from a Super Bowl appearance, Kyle Shanahan and the Savant, blah, blah, blah. I just... The the injuries are really starting to pile up again. It's it's not looking good. Week um, one. Week one, yeah. I mean, nonetheless, week one. Uh, Javon Kinlaw missed the game, had no injury designation, and then uh, missed the game with a knee, a knee injury uh, in the couple days leading up to it. Uh, Mostert out for season. Mostert's out for the season. Their corner, Emmanuel Mosley, who is now their cornerback one, uh, missed the game this past week. Uh, to some surprise, Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch. Um, that's not an injury, but that will uh, that actually correlates to Raheem Mostert now being out for the season. Oh, yeah. So Sermon's going to, I mean, you would think, have to be activated. Get him on, get him uh, on your fantasy team. Jason Verrett missing the season. Um, I had a, a bunch of people who were really high on the, the Niners, you know, even said, like, what a steal, you know, Jason Verrett back in that secondary, you know, elite corner, blah, blah, blah. I mean, the guys missed 59 games in six seasons. No, like 59 games in six seasons. You can tell Jack's very passionate about this, and he's also, like, has these stats – just coming out of the top of his head. I, I mean, we're going on season. This would be season seven. He's going to miss another sixteen games. Yeah. So I, I mean, that's just brutal. I, I obviously I don't root for this, but that's that's just tough. And now uh, Dre Greenlaw, their linebacker, who actually had an interception return for a touchdown, is uh, he popped up on the uh, injury report. Um, I, I think he was. I don't think there's any designation for this upcoming week. But <clears throat> I would just say, the Niners, their defense is. Nowhere near the same defense they had when they stormed to the Super Bowl and were the last. I think they were the last undefeated team, right? Mm, they must have been because they were I dominant. Think so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just don't think they're the same team. I think the defense is nowhere near the same, and uh, I think the secondary is a huge issue. And I mean, I, I'm curious to see how they fare. But I, I think their schedule is 
you know, relatively easy. So it may hide some of those, defi- uh, those you know, deficiencies uh, in, in games, but I would say that uh, they're in trouble. And I, I don't think that they are a surefire playoff team by any means. Well, when you let the Lions put up 33 on you, that's a little concerning. They, they almost snuck back in that game. Almost snuck in. That, we, that was crazy. We mentioned that earlier, and I think very valid point. But, I mean, I'd be worried a little bit if I was Niners fans. But also, if they – I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat in this situation. If the team continues to play below standards, you might see a Trey Lance siding. You might. Sooner than later. You might. And But Jimmy Garoppolo, he, I mean, he, did, he played – Good enough to keep his job. Oh yeah, I mean, he played, yeah, he played a good game, Most all in definitely. all. And I mean, if you're just and Kyle Shanahan knows this too, if he wants to win this division, Trey Lance is not going to be their starting quarterback. He's just not going to win the division. Division's tough this year. Best division in the league by far, especially after this this past Sunday just cemented that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just too good, and I, I just think it's simply not going to happen. So I think that uh, it's going to be interesting. And he's an awesome coach. So, you know, their offense will look great and they'll probably get by a lot of teams, you know, surely just because of the, the talent in the building or more like the talent in the front office slash uh, coaching. But uh, well, let's see what happens. I, I'm not too high on them and uh, I think they're in trouble. And, and even more so because the, uh, the Seahawks surprised me. Their defense looked pretty solid. Uh, the, you know, all things considered, the Colts had a train wreck of an offseason leading up to the game. Right. I would say uh, week one. Yeah, week one, but I would say the the Seahawks surprised me as well and looked a lot better than I thought. So, if I'm if I'm the Niners or if I'm around the Niners organization, I uh, I'm a little worried about that that secondary for mm-hmm. sure. That's and Lockett to Wilson or Wilson to Lockett is still alive, huh? Oh, alive and well, man. The, alive uh, and well. The Colts put up an embarrassing showing against the Seahawks. Yeah, that was really bad. Do you have another? Um, no, that, that's okay. my overreaction. Gotcha. That is. Well, why don't you go ahead and explain our last segment, which is called Wall Street. Yeah, we're going to do a little Wall Street segment, a little buy low, sell high. Um, we're just going to look around based on what happened uh, this past week and say, you know, who we're going to buy low on. Uh, you know, a little, little bottom eating. That's what they call it, I think, on Wall Street. Uh, and who we're going to sell high on. So uh, I'll start it off. And uh, when I thought about this, I'm staying away from the Packers. That was my first thought. <laughs> um, I don't even know if you can say buy low on the Packers. You I mean, can't. I mean, yeah, the roster's too good. To... The roster's too good, but I can't touch them. Uh, surprisingly, I'm actually going to buy low on the Titans. Um, After I, your team just absolutely ran through them. I, it, it, that may have to do with why I'm buying low, because I feel a little superiority uh, over them. <laughs> superiority complex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I am buying low. I think their offense is extremely talented. Um, I mean, that goes without saying. Julio Jones, AJ Brown, King uh, Henry, King Henry, obviously, who got bottled up. Wow, but uh, same with Julio. Yeah, that that offensive line looked horrible, um, and and they did face the Cardinals' defensive front, who is clearly among one one of the best in the NFL. So, I would just say, you know, give it some time. They had the the COVID issues with uh, coaches as well as players, numerous players. I think actually, they're one of their special teams and offensive line coaches missed the game. Or maybe they tested negative and they came back. I don't remember, but they were they were out in the preparation leading up to the game. So I would just I would buy low on the Titans, and I would say that that's probably the uh, the worst game they will play all season. And uh, on the sell side, I'm sorry to the hometown, but I'm gonna have to sell the Raiders. Mm. I'm gonna have to say you know they, that was awesome. It was it was great what they did, 
but uh, I think we all kind of we all kind of we we all should have known that the Ravens were going to have a tough start. They had probably the worst two weeks leading up to a Week One game that you can have. Backup running back got signed on Friday. I mean, in a game on Monday, and he scored. They they lost their running back one through running back three in I think thirteen days. Signed three big names off the street, basically two of which have been sitting on the couch for yeah. quite some time. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'll, I'm not going to take it away from the, the Raiders. That was awesome. Derek Carr looked really cool. Darren Waller is an animal. He'll continue to do well. Yeah, he that's will. One thing, um, that's for and, sure. And that defense looked much better than I would have thought. But uh, I'm, I'm going to sell. Uh, I'm going to sell the Raiders, and I'm going to book my game. You just heard a lot of Vegas fan hearts, man. I, back home, I, I'm officially not allowed back in, <laughs> in Vegas. All right, so for mine, I'm going to start with myself. So I'm going to sell high on the Rams. So wow, I get, I get bias, that I'm bias, a bias. Bears fan, and <laughs> I might be a little salty about the game, but I think after watching the game, I think it was clear that the number one defense from last year let a very, very subpar and stale Bears de- uh, offense move pretty easily. Mm-hmm. I mean, David Montgomery basically had his way the whole entire game, running over players, including Aaron Donald, for a touchdown. Just ran right through him. Um, I mean, Jalen Ramsey was playing out of his mind, but we were also targeting him a bunch, which makes absolute zero sense. Um, but, I mean, so some bears, a bare stat here is Andy Dalton threw an average yard per attempt of 5.4. They weren't spreading the field, going downfield, so it was pretty easy to guard. Um, our offensive line is... By far, probably one of the worst in the league. And we had two injuries on tough left tackle during the game, which is already thin. Um, so I, this sounds cliche, kind of dumb, but I think the Bears lost the game. The Rams really didn't win it. I think looking at the defensive side. <laughs> that uh, Russell Westbrook question? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? If any of you guys haven't seen that, please look up Russell Westbrook locker room interview. Like, who won the Did you win the game or did the other team, or did you lose the game or did the other team win the game? The reaction's hilarious. Please. Continue. I'm sorry. No, I was, just, I was just going to mention that the DB issues that we had were atrocious, and that's honestly one of the only reasons why Stafford, in my opinion, who was a great quarterback, um, after watching him in the NFC North for the longest time, I have nothing but the best thoughts. Was it uh, was it first him. throw touchdown? I think it was. Yeah. Did you Stick. see him dancing on the way down the field? Oh, he did it twice. Don't worry, yeah. I saw that it both was, times. Yeah, that was rough. But um. So our, our, D, our DB issues are just terrible. I think Stafford capitalized on those issues. But I th- and I think against an actual good team, let's just say Bucks, mm-hmm. right? With competent coaching and management, which my team does not have. Mm-hmm. I think the Rams struggle. I ultimately think they lose those games. That's just my take. I know a lot of people aren't going to agree with that take. But after watching that game, I just think that the game was a lot closer than it appeared for er, as the final score shows. So I think, I mean, I don't know. That's just my take on the game after watching it. And then my buy low, I'm going to go for the Chargers here. Um, Herbert continued to look phenomenal, kind of just progressing from his uh, rookie season. Uh, His stats don't really show it. There were seven drops from his receivers, two of which should have been pretty easy touchdown catches. Um, To go along with Herbert, Eckler, Derwin James Jr., Keenan Allen, all healthy, all looked really good, knock on wood, of course. I agree. And I think besides Herbert, the biggest point of that game, Rashawn Slater dominated Chase Young and Co. He he looked very, very good. Very dominant. So, I mean, yeah, that was awesome. A team that had an abysmal record last year, new head coach this year, 
I'm going to buy low on him. I'm going to take him all the way. I like that. And, and seeing Rashawn Slater, you know, do so well had to hurt as a Bears fan, uh, knowing your, uh, your tackle draft pick, uh, isn't going to play this year, unfortunately. Yeah, but luckily I have the peace of mind knowing that we had no chance to get Slater in the first place. So, I mean, as long as I know that, I can kind of sleep at night. That's but fair. But still still a tough situation that both rookie... I just had a jab. Well, yeah, both rookie offensive linemen we drafted are now hurt. So, that's yeah, great. That's, that's rough. That's great. And for our last segment before we uh, look into week two, we're going to do who started off hard this week. And uh, when we say that... We are referring a uh, an old video, an old YouTube video Sam and I used to watch uh, when we were growing up. And you know, when we say who started off hard this week, we mean you know who balled out, who you know who started the week off and, and dominated it. And uh, you know, I, I personally have a uh, a very obvious answer that I hold very near and dear to heart. And this should be everybody's answer, I think, honestly. But I'm going to ask you first, Sam. Who who started off hard this week? You know. I'm actually going to surprise you with this one, I think, a little bit. I think I'm going to go with the Cardinal. I think I'm going to go with Kyler Murray. Wow. I think he's gotten Love a lot of flack pretty recently. I think everyone talks about size. I know we have a friend who calls him Ant-Man, um, which Rough. is hilarious. But uh, he played out of his mind this week. I think just his ability, he's almost, I don't mean to compare him to Lamar, but he has an ability to scramble, move around the pocket, and it's just he had so many plays where he was just being so elusive and then would launch a 40, 50-yard pass downfield, which would get caught by Christian Kirk, D-Hop, A.J. Green, whoever was down there, and would end up as a touchdown. I think he's just so versatile, throws a really nice ball, tight spiral, just really zips it and slings it. And I think, although I know who you're going to talk about and I'll let you have that thunder, I think he who you will talk about, did a lot to help the team. I think Kyler also played his part big time. I would 100% agree. And I think, uh, you know, the Kyler highlight that stands out, obviously, is that uh, that play in the backfield where he's just dancing around the, the Titans' pass rushers and ends up uh, pulling it back and uh, throwing the ball, I think, like, what, up 18, 20 yards to Rondell Moore right, right into a little pocket. Um, I mean, that's just – I think his progression – it's it's obvious he looks much better um if you follow the, the cardinals uh youtube series uh, uh flight plan i believe is what it's called um they it just really shows that he's become more of a leader way more vocal um and he's been really working to get you know far more familiar with these these wide receivers and he has a lot more talent around him i i've been a firm believer that a lot of the cliff kingsbury criticism has been a little uh a little harsh at times, even though he's deserved a lot. Uh, harsh because you know I think his offense was cl- a clear just personnel issue at times in, in the past. Um, specifically referring to like the horizontal throws, even though you know the, all the horizontal action can make me sick sometimes. But you know the, the screen passes with, with Larry Fitzgerald, who you know is, is a savior to me. They, they just weren't it when when Larry you know, clearly can't run whatsoever compared to Christian Kirk or Rondell Moore. Right. But uh. Yeah, that Kyler Murray, he, he looks awesome this year, and I can't wait to see more. But for me, the answer has to be Chandler Jones. Easily. I mean, he he dominated. Uh, he had three sacks in the first quarter, um, five sacks on the game, on the uh, the game, uh, four tackles for loss, and uh, two forced fumbles. I believe it was two. It was two or three. I want to say it was two. Um, but I mean, he was tremendous. He's 
and it didn't surprise me at all. Coming off last season, he tore the bicep, uh, and it's it sucked because you know he was a little unhappy in the off season, and there was the reports and all the dumb people on Twitter were saying that you know Chandler Jones is going to get traded to the Jets for a fourth round pick or something ridiculous. I mean, this guy's if not the best pass rusher in the NFL, he's you know top three, top four easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's just. He's unstoppable, truly. It, it, it's ridiculous. It's it's so much fun to watch him play, and I, uh, I can't, I literally beg every night that I wake up and just see the Chandler Jones, Adam Schefter report that he's been ex- extended for you know three or four more years. But uh, you know, with Steve Kime running running ship for the Cardinals, uh, he'll probably have to play with us a little bit more before we can see that happen, which is which is unfortunate. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about Allen Robinson. Well, Never got his extension. Well, Allen Robinson might just refuse to stay on that Oh, team. well, he he was franchise tag. He's gone next yeah. year. I'm, I've completely accepted that he's gone. Yeah. You, but, that's probably for the better for your mental health. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, just back to, back to Chandler Jones. Every time I think about him and I see him doing well, I just always think about that clip of him just absolutely destroying that Hitting equipment, yeah, the, the hitting, hitting equipment. Hitting equipment. It, yeah, he just basically breaks metal. For those of you who haven't seen it, just absolutely tears it off the hinge and just falls over because he wasn't expecting it to insane. break as it did. Insane. And I mean, also my my favorite thing of this the the weekend was uh, I believe it was after sack number four, Chandler Jones just had to let it out and he just starts you know imaginary flinging dollar bills all over himself <laughs> in the backfield. He deserves it, like, man. He deserves it. I mean, that's just a jab right at you, Steve Kahn. Like, you know, you, you you gambled when you let him play the season on a on an expiring deal, and you were saying, you know, prove your value coming off an injury in your 30s, and that really backfired. So, yeah. um, I mean, I'm happy because I love Chandler Jones, but uh, it definitely isn't great for my uh, – for the Arizona Cardinals cap situation well, going into not, next year. Considering you have a couple big-name guys on that team. We, we do. So it, it'll be interesting. But, I mean, I can't complain. I, I can't complain when they're doing well. Oh, you cannot at all. But, anyways, let's let's segue into a, a little preview of Week 2 um, before we get out of here. let's uh, We're just going to kind of run through uh, Thursday night, starting with Thursday night football, uh, which is the Giants-Washington football team. Uh, and all the way down to Monday Night Football, and we're just going to list off the games. You can you can list them, or I can list them, and then we're just going to do you know instant reaction. Who wins that game? We're just going to make a fool of ourselves. Uh, it's it's going to be awesome. Yep, just great quick, content. Quick W or L. Um, so I'll read them. Are, are you just? Should we just name the team that we think wins? Just one. Yeah, I'll I'll read both, and then we'll just say the team. Gotcha. Okay. So Giants at Washington. Giants. I'm going to take W. WFT? FT. I like that. Every time I say that, I almost say WTF. But yeah, that's no, I get it. But without Fit, without Fitzpatrick, it's going to be interesting. Mm. Mr. Heineke. I just I just don't have any faith in Daniel Jones. That's my uh, thing. I I literally I have more faith in my dog to play quarterback <laughs> than Daniel Jones. But it, it's not even about that. I just I'm gonna, I'm going to take the rest of the roster over right. over Washington without a quarterback. Fair enough. Um, Pats Jets. Pats, oh, Pats, for sure. Battle of the rookies, right? I'm taking Pats, too. Uh, also, that, that line on, on the sports book is just ridiculous. I think it's only like Pats minus three and oh, really? three and a half, which is just... Out, the the, the Pats are going to win. Zach Wilson's got it, maybe. Um, Broncos, Jags. I mean, Wait, can you repeat? So who is the second team the home team? Yes. So, sorry. I'll say Broncos at Jags. Sorry. Okay. I'll, I'll start saying it in that format. Broncos. 
Easily Broncos. There's no debate yeah. there. Uh, Bills at Dolphins. Ooh. The Bills looked rough. Uh, so did Dolphins, though. Dolphins struggled against a team being led by a... Give me the Bills. Give me the Bills I'm, to bounce I'm, back. I'm taking Bills, too. Niners at Eagles. That's kind of interesting. Give me the Eagles. Give me the really? Eagles right now. Give me the oh, Eagles right man. now. I think that might be a little divisional bias there coming <laughs> out of your mouth. But, hey. I'm riding the Hurts um, train. This yeah. one's for you, Sammy. I'm riding the Hurts train. Go Eagles. Everything. Sadly, I'm going to go with the Niners. I respect it. I'll ride with Adonis on this one, our friend who likes the Niners. I'll totally respect it. um, All right, Rams at Colts. Rams. Yeah, I just... It hurts to say it, but Rams. But the thing I keep thinking is that there has to be an upset. We're missing something. There's going to be eventually. But I don't think it will come against the Colts. I think Rams, even though I just tore them apart, I think the Rams will win this game. I don't think Carson Wentz can deal with that. Yeah, that pass rush is just going to be... Like, the, the Colts' yeah. O-line looked horrible. Yeah, it'll be too much. There, there was one play I uh, remember watching vividly, and Quentin Nelson was ho- still holding his block at the line, and all four other O-linemen had been beat, and Carson Wentz was on the ground. It, and it literally was just like a frame that I paused on. And Shout I out Quentin like, Nelson. And I was just like, <laughs> wow. Quentin Nelson, like, you, you're just... You, I feel so bad for you. That's, yeah. that's all I got to say. Yeah. Uh, Raiders and Steelers, that's kind of obvious, I think. I mean, Raiders played well, but I'm going to Yeah, Steelers. I'm going to take the Steelers' defense in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you have to. But I'm getting nervous because it seems like we're picking all the obvious ones. Yeah, there's got to be someone, right? Yeah. All right, Bengals and Bears. Bengals at Bears? Yeah. I mean, you already know where I'm going with this. I'm going Bears. I want to see – I'm going to be at this game so in Chicago. So I want to see – you know, I want to see some more Justin Fields. I want to see some more David Montgomery because he – had a really good first week, but I need to see some deep passes. I need to see some different offensive calls out of Matt Nagy's playbook. You're going to say Cincy, and it's going to hurt me. If, if the Bengals' rush defense looked like they did against the Vikings, I got the Bengals, but All right. I, I'm going to take the Bengals purely because I'm going to zag. You, you, okay. But I know exactly yeah. where you're going to zag in response to me. Uh, nah, we'll get there. I don't. I don't. I don't think. Fine. I'll take. I'll take a. I'll take a half Cincy. I'll take a half Cincy, half Chicago. Okay. 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 It's just. I don't know if that's legal answer. in this. It's in a this segment. Answer. Yeah. Uh, Texans at Browns. Oh, Browns. Browns. Obviously. You got to think the Browns will bounce back. It takes me a second loss. to register just how bad yeah. the Texans are. Yeah. I'm saying. Uh, Saints at Panthers. That's interesting because CMC. They have some nice weapons. Sammy D looked okay. I'm not going to get on the Sammy D hype train. He looked okay. The he was playing against the Jets. I didn't think the Panthers were all that impressive. In ter- I mean, when you consider that they were playing the Jets. Divisional so, game, too. I'm going to take the Saints, riding high. I'll take Saints as well. Wait. I'm going to take Saints. I'm, I'm going to take Saints. I'm going to take Saints, yeah. <clears throat> all right. Injuries are a little scary, but I'm going to take Saints. Yeah, I'm not worried. We've got Kamara. Well, it's going to be Kamara versus CMC, basically. Um, Vikings at Cards. I mean, I'm I already know where you're going. I'm going to take the cards, but, you know, that, that's me every week. I'm also going to take the cards uh, after seeing the Vikings perform last, this past Sunday. They, I'm not they were too horrible. confident in them. They were horrible. I, I, would, I would love for the Cardinals to send Mike Zimmer into retirement this week. Uh, Falcons at Bucks. Uh, I mean, the Bucks. come on. Right. The Falcons look like they might be the worst team in the NFL. Plus, Tom Brady trolled them with that video earlier this week. I don't know if you saw I it. I didn't see that, but I definitely need to. He posted awesome. a video, and in the background on his computer screen, it said 328. Ah. Yeah, you know. 
Super Bowl, Super Bowl jab. Uh, Titans at Seahawks. That's an interesting one. Titans at Seahawks. Give me the Titans. I'm going Titans too. Give me the Titans think, gonna bounce back. I think they bounce back. I don't think the Seahawks defense can keep it up for that long. Although it's only been one week. They um, played well, but yeah, they played well. I just think Titans will figure it out. Uh, Cowboys at Chargers. Uh, give, me the, give me the Cowboys. I'll go Chargers. They good. They good. Yeah. The Cowboys look really good. I'm, if if that's how the Cowboys are going to play this whole season, like you said, like they're they're going to be a, a, a tough out. Yeah, I I could see this going either way. Uh, Charger or Cowboys played really good, but Chargers yeah. did as well. So I'm just going to go Chargers, and we'll split there. Uh, Chiefs at Ravens, great game for a Sunday night Fantastic. football. Fantastic. I'm going Chiefs though. The Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs own Lamar Jackson. Okay. I'm gonna go Ravens. I'm gonna say Lamar, like Lamar gets his first win. His first one. I, I would like against that for him. the Chiefs at home. I uh, think they get a bounce back win. I like that for him. I like that for him a lot. And then finally, but I'm oh, worried about. Sorry, I'm worried about the the Ravens secondary against Mahomes. That's, uh, it's fair. It, it, it could be devastating. It's super fair. And then finally, Monday Night Football: Lions at Packers. So much like every part of me wants to take the Lions, but like has to be Packers. Just right? ridiculous. Packers. Got to be Packers. Got to take the Packers. And. I guess after doing that, we've already alluded to it, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about what we're doing these upcoming weeks. We're actually both uh, going to our respective teams' games. Um, my brother's coming into town, so I will be uh, at the Arizona Cardinals game when they play the Vikings. Um, I've been a little hesitant to comment on the Vikings, surely because my Cardinals play them, and uh, I really want to start 2-0. So I'm just going to leave it at that. And that's that's all I have to say on the matter, and I will let you talk about your experience. I am flying to Chicago to go watch the Bears play the Bengals. A little worried about that one just because the Bengals just beat the Vikings, obviously. Um, Bears look pretty rough right? on Sunday night. and But, you know, I think, I think Bears are ultimately a better team. I think they'll figure out some of the defensive things. We have a, a first-year defensive coordinator, so I think it was – it was just not very optimal to play the Rams very first game of the season on Sunday night uh, football nonetheless but so like Jack mentioned we'll both be at those games it's going to be a really good time Um, really looking forward to the content we bring back um, from those games for our next podcast definitely and uh, thank you for listening if you're still listening wow just another round of applause for you yeah props to you so awesome That was a a great first episode, and uh, we look forward to being back with you next week, uh, hopefully after uh, two good trips for the both of us. Yeah, uh, sure hope so. Go Cards, and... uh, Bear down, baby. I can't say it, but go Cards again.